Well, guys, uh, welcome to our podcast today. Um, I'm joined today by uh, a married couple, uh, Lee and Andre Cortez, over here in Thibodeau, Louisiana. And uh, we're going to talk about the consecration of St. Joseph. Um, they've been on this busy person's retreat with us, and um, they've grown together as a couple. They've prayed together. They've done the consecration together. And today is the big day. This is the big weekend where we get to actually do the consecration of St. Joseph on the Feast of All Saints Day. Um, and so, um, Lee and Andre, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you. It's great having y'all here. Um, you know, just getting to know you guys over the past few years, whenever I, I met y'all over at Christ the Redeemer, um, y'all always seem to be a couple that uh, was striving to live uh, the church's teaching of family and life and, um, and raising your, your three kids. Um, you know, and it was, it's just been cool uh, walking with you guys and, and hearing your story. And uh, so I think it'd be neat, uh, maybe at this time, maybe just tell the, the listeners who are out here, what's your story? How did y'all meet? Um, y'all been married for a number of years now, got three beautiful children. Like, uh, so our listeners can connect to you guys. Uh, y'all are very real and very down to earth. So how did y'all meet? What's y'all story? Yeah, so um, we're both from Thibodeau, born and raised. Um, we actually met at St. Joseph Elementary. Um, Lee came, I'd gone there, you know, since kindergarten. Lee came over in seventh grade uh, and in the middle of the year. So we finished off St. Joseph, went to E.D. White. We had one date at E.D. White together, and then we didn't start officially dating until um, college. Our okay. first sem- uh, first semester in college. Right, but we were friends uh, pretty much throughout all of high school. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole other story, too, for right. That's for another day. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so we started dating in college, and then, um, shoot, I don't, we dated several years, and then right. uh, married. We're married here in Thibodeau. We've yeah. been married 19 years. Right, 19 years. Uh, just yes. after getting married, we. Uh, we moved to New Orleans. We both got jobs there, decided to live in the city for a few years uh, mm-hmm. to have some good fun. And uh, unfortunately, that ended a few years after when Katrina hit, uh, Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005. Changed everybody's lives. Right, it really did. Um, fortunately, we were able to make it out uh, prior to the storm hitting. However, our house didn't fare so well. Mm-hmm. Um, our house was three feet off the ground, and we still had uh, right at about eight feet of water in our house. Oh, my gosh. So uh, what that did was it, it moved us back home, and... Uh, it all worked out. So from that point on, we decided, hey, let's start having a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did. So we had our first child, Emily. Yep. And what kind of work were y'all both doing at this time? So I'm a civil engineer. I was. We were both working in New Orleans, obviously. Um, Katrina hits, and I relocated to Baton Rouge temporarily. Okay. Lee lost his job. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm a physical therapist, so uh, we both kind of commuted back and forth for a while. I was able to find some work in Thibodeau. And uh, like I said, we just decided, uh, we were both able to find something in Thibodeau and we just decided to, it was time to come back home, which was our plans, uh, which was our ultimate plans anyway. Okay. Um, so Katrina just moved that up by a little bit. <clears throat> All right. So we had our first child, uh, our daughter, Emily. And uh, and we were building a house at the time. Um, so we were living in an apartment in downtown Thibodeau, um, still building a house. We have her and then um, we're still building and then I get pregnant, and, and the pregnancy was planned. I have a brother and sister that are, they're 10 years younger than us, but they are a year, exactly a year and a week apart. So we grew up watching them grow right. up. And right, watching their said, interactions, same little, friends. Little Irish twins. Right. right, we always said, that's what we want to do. When we're in diapers, we want to be in diapers. So, yeah. uh, so we nailed it. We, um, Emily was three months old. I, uh, we begged our, my doctor if I could get pregnant, and he said, go ahead. And I think, you know, 
I, we got pregnant right away, and my due date awesome. was a week after her birthday. Oh, my goodness. But this time... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, nice. we nailed it. Yeah, That's but, awesome. Yeah, right, but this time... Uh, we were much to our surprise that there were two of them there were so she <laughs> yes. was pregnant for twins. Yes. And shortly thereafter we found out it was twin boys. Wow. So I was fired up, obviously. I'd always said I wanted uh I wanted two bad little boys is what I said. But what I meant was <laughs> what I meant was uh mischievous. And I always right. said you better watch what you're asking for. Yeah. Double trouble is what he uh -huh. Yeah. So they ended up, um, like I said, that my due date was a week after our birthday, um, but they they came nine weeks early. So they okay. were um, they were thirty one week old twi uh, preemies. Um, they were started um, shoot immediately. They sent them off to Baton Rouge. Um, right, they had are separated from them. Yeah, right. Um, so as soon as I delivered, um, it took them. You know, later that that day, they took them to Baton Rouge. Lee had to leave right away to go. Right. Go in the NICU. So they both um, ended up being on a ventilator. Um, for a couple of days and um yeah they took him off to baton rouge so we had a baby at home but we had to travel to baton rouge every day just to see our two newborn babies who at the time we really couldn't even hold much because they were so little uh and so sickly um so just to put in perspective we have a 10 and a half month old at home mm. who's just starting to walk and we got two preemies off in baton rouge oh my um, gosh yeah wow but what helped in that matter was right upon us getting there, we were introduced to the nurses at the NICU at a women's hospital, and they were just short of being angels. So we knew that when we weren't there, they had someone that was loving them and caring them just as much as we would. So that kind of brought a little peace to it when we couldn't be there. And didn't they, maybe if I remember the story correctly, they set up a little camera for y'all? No. So that y'all be able to see them here? No? No, we didn't. No, back no then, I, I don't think they had that technology that. back no, then. No, yeah. Maybe that's another that. couple. Yeah. No, but you could of. call whenever and they would give you an update. And um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a decent experience. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. But everything worked out. We got them both home finally after two months. And uh, we just uh, went on with life having three babies, mm -hmm. if you will, just kind of trying to survive because at that point we were outnumbered. Um, and, <laughs> you know, they, they grew up and. Uh, Everything turned out fine. Uh, they're knuckleheads. And but he's got two knuckleheads for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but aside from that, everything's fine. Awesome. So everything was great going through life. Then I think in uh, the spring of 2012. 12. So four years after the twins were born. Right. Uh, lightning strikes our house at about 11 o'clock at night. Um, we lose power. Lee checks the house out. Seemed fine. Um, my office is pretty much in our backyard. I remember looking out the window and... The office had power. I said, oh, we have a generator. It's fine. But what we didn't know is we were the only house on the block without power oh, because wow. the lightning had struck and it was burning right. across the, the way from our bedroom. Right. What we didn't know is we had a fire that began to rage in the attic oh my gosh. Uh, over time. And yeah. uh, fortunately, about an hour later, uh, Andre heard something kind of coming from the attic and we would check. And that's when we realized that uh, we had flames coming out of our roof. Yeah. Man. Yeah, they said what so, five more minutes and yeah, a, totally a few more minutes. We we may story. have not oh made gosh. it out the house. We so. we literally walked out, never smelt smoke, nothing because yeah. it was all contained upstairs. Wow, five more minutes. Five more minutes. Right. Story. So right. Y'all got all the, got the kids out. We did. We got everybody out. out. We called the fire department, and uh, in less than two minutes, the fire department showed up. And uh, that's an old Thibodeau volunteer fire yeah, department. Yeah, great, great fire department, and we are blessed to have them. Right. They got here, and they did save our house. You know, we had extensive repairs that had to be done afterwards, but they, they did save our house. So we're eternally grateful to them. Sure. Yeah. 
And then, so y'all start to rebuild your house. Um, so your first house was destroyed in Katrina. Yeah, now so you have three little babies, four years old, five years old, and exactly. now Yeah, so everything we saved in Katrina was the junk in your attic, right? <laughs> so that was the stuff we saved there. So we bring it here and put it in our attic, attic. and then it, it burns. So. Now it's gone. Right. So. It's gone. But, but the interesting story about that, though, is there were a few things, sentimental things in the attic that we really were kind of upset about uh, losing. It was mainly a, just a couple of sentimental Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. Well, miraculously, and kind of going through the debris and, and throwing everything out, everything was just charred and melted. Uh, we got to that area where our Christmas ornaments were, and the box had just disintegrated, basically. Well, there was a few papers that were kind of holding things together, and when we opened those papers up, those two or three sets of sentimental uh, Christmas ornaments, some of which had been given to us when we had gotten engaged, wow. Those survived the storm and weren't touched. Yep. Man, and how the kids cool like is first that? ornaments untouched. Right. And wow. everything else around it had either burned or, or melted yeah. basically just from the fact that it was plastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. It is. It's very That very is great. Cool. That is great. Right. So you so, know, we get we get back in our house, uh, life is great, uh, the kids are stable, uh, we're just doing the the young family thing, trying to survive and uh I actually had something at that time uh, happen to me in my life that I was really struggling with, mm-hmm. uh, which was really starting to affect my, my family life as well. And prior to that, I, I kind of, you know, this is kind of where St. Joseph comes in. Prior to that point, I, you know, I kind of knew who he was, and I, I related to him from the fact that he was a carpenter, and I've always kind of dabbled in woodworking and a little bit of carpentry. So his profession is what kind of made me or align myself to him, but I really didn't know a lot about him at the time. Well, in my time when that incident happened, I was really struggling with it, like I said, and, you know, Andre could sense it as well, and uh, she said, Lee, you, you really need to go talk to a priest because you, this, this is beating you up. So that's when I called you, Father Mitch, and uh, we met, and during those conversations, we had gone in your office, and uh, I remember seeing a picture in your office, and that picture, in fact, is the picture that's over you and Father Dan's right shoulder in the videos that y'all do every year. Right. It's a, every week. Every, every, week. every, every, day, I'm, every day, I'm sorry. Yep. Um, and that picture, it's uh, the picture is of St. Joseph with his arm around Jesus, who at the time, I guess, Jesus is a teenager. And I'd commented on that picture. I just couldn't help but notice how, how at ease uh, Jesus looked. He, you know, he, he was holding, Joseph was holding Jesus' hand on his chest and... Uh, he just looked at ease, and that picture really touched me. And, you know, from that point on, we, uh, we went outside. We kind of wrapped up our talk, and I was starting to feel a little bit better about our, myself but, uh, and what I had to do going forward. But uh, as we were leaving, uh, you asked if you could say a prayer over me and pray over me, and I said, please do. And at that point, uh, this, this immense peace just came over me, and uh, I had that picture in my mind. And uh, except at, at the painting, I should say, but at this time, I was in the painting. I was where Jesus stood, and where Joseph stood was now Jesus with his mm-hmm. arm around me. Yep. Uh, and I, I felt something at that time. I really don't know what it was, but uh, it, 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 <laughs> it was probably the greatest feeling in the world. Uh, so that point on is kind of when my devotion to St. Joseph really started, and that's when I started trying to find some more information on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that moment really well, man. It was... Uh... It was beautiful the way that uh, you connected with St. Joseph, seeing his fatherly protection. Like there's nowhere else in that image that Jesus would want to be. He had nothing to fear at all because he was in the arms of his father. You know? Right. 
and that's really cool how I remember praying over you and, and that immense peace that came upon you. Right. Um, and it, that carried you right on through, you know, everything right. that unfolded from that point. Right. So everything with that ordeal worked out fine. Uh, but what I got out, what I got out of it is uh, an inner peace. Um, I learned forgiveness. And uh, it helped to, to nourish a relationship with St. Joseph that now I'm, I'm kind of glad it happened because mm -hmm. otherwise I wouldn't have reached out That's cool. to him as a, as a patron saint, really. Yep. Um, yeah. And you know what I found out uh, afterwards? I would periodically go to daily mass, not, not very often, but uh, a few of the times I went, just by default, I was there on his feast day. And the homily was on St. Joseph, and it just it was so touching that... You know, I, I was just there. It's like he was calling me to be there. Yep. Yeah, whenever you feel the friendship of the saints, it's it's tangible. Like, you know it. You know, he calls you. It's, um, And you enter into this relationship. And if you have the eyes to see, you uh, you can see what, what he's doing. Um, so that was the beginning of your relationship with St. Joseph. Andre, what was yours? Um, did you have a devotion to St. Joseph before the consecration? How did, how did your introduction to St. Joseph come? I mean, yeah. Catholic school girl, you always R knew them. Right. Born, yeah, went to Catholic you know? school, but, but um, Lee kind of brought this up to me a while back. It, w it was a name. You right. know, um, Joseph was my father's name. Mm. Uh, went to St. Joseph Elementary. You know, Went to St. Joseph Church. Baptized at St. Joseph Church. Confirmed. Married. Our kids were baptized there. It was a name. Um, you know, Luke's middle name, one of our sons is, is Joseph. So your middle name is Joseph. Lee's middle name is Joseph. Right. So. Mm -hmm. It was really just the name, but um, I mean, you heard what he just said. How does that not touch you and yeah. and make you realize there's something more there, and that uh, you know it calls for a devotion to Saint Joseph and just mm -hmm. a, a yearning to learn more about about this man who we don't know too too much about, right. and and to learn more. And then the fact that we're doing this as a parish and that um, I see what it did to Lee and that you know it was something said. It was a busy person's retreat. Like you had to do every every day. Everybody was doing it right. That's right. And, um, it was just a perfect time, and I think in this world right now with this global pandemic and what we have going on, it was just it was the timing was right. So. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's a great way to springboard into the consecration. Um, hey, I love the title of our retreat, the Busy Person Retreat, because we're all busy, you know. Right. And and we took Saint Joseph in these thirty three days to journey with him, um, and let him teach us. Like he was a very very busy man too. I mean, he was a husband. Um, he was a father, he was a carpenter, he had to work, he had to provide. But in the midst of all that, it's, it's how he became the greatest of all the saints. Um, because he, he didn't do anything without Jesus and Mary and doing it for them. You know, I mean, I'm sure there were times during his day that he, they weren't in his workshop. But uh, they were always on his mind. He was doing everything for Jesus and Mary. And, um, and so, I mean, you guys are very busy. I mean, physical therapy... Um, man, that's that's incredible, the, the work that you do. Um, and then your job also takes you away, you know, um, and y'all are super busy. So um, so the Busy Person Retreat um, has been great. There's been probably some 400 people that are following this um, within our diocese, but also in other, other states. Um, and so what were some of the things, some of the graces? Uh, I mean, I know, Lee, this is your second time right. through the book, but Andre, this is your first. So... What were some of the things that stood out to y'all in this book? Well, for me, you know, I, like you said, I'd done the consecration uh, several months ago. Um, and, and it really, it helped me to learn a lot about who St. Joseph was, obviously. It helped uh, answer a lot of questions. Uh, one of those questions is that, 
you know, now I, I'm convinced St. Joseph was a young man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any question on that. Um, one thing, too, for me, it, it pointed out a lot of areas in my life that I need to do a little bit better job of, especially going back to some of his titles, Mirror of Patience, mm. uh, in particular. <laughs> um, yeah, with three kids, it's, it's tough, let me tell you. Um, but it, it helps to confirm the fact that you need, as, as a husband and as a father, you need to have a sacrificial love mm-hmm. for your spouse and your children. Um, and that's what St. Joseph did. And, and who better to be our model for that than St. Joseph? So for me, it confirms that, hey, this is what St. Joseph did. I need to look to him. And uh, many times throughout the, the book, Father Calloway says that we, we're called to be an apparition of St. Joseph. Yeah. Um, so anytime I kind of get out of line, uh, he, he reminds me. Um, but what helps too is reading, is doing that litany. We've made the decision recently. Uh, can't, I'm not going to say we do it every night, but every night we try to do it with our kids as we finish our nightly prayers as a family. That's cool. We'll do the litany. That's super so cool. So it, 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 uh, it helps for me to hear that uh, mirror of patience. Right. Terror of Demons, which is my, my favorite title, yeah, one of his too. titles. Mine too. Um, so that constant reminder. I think it's great for the kids to hear it too. I mean, I have two young boys. So my job is to help them to grow up because unfortunately uh, in today's times, many men, uh, they're just not standing up the way that they should. That's true. You know, the, we're, the family and uh, marriage is just under attack right mm-hmm. now in the times we live in. Yep. You know, it's neat that y'all do that with the kids because two boys, one girl, right? And I think by like, the boys hearing all the different virtues of St. Joseph, you know, he was just, he was chaste, he was prudent, he was courageous, he was obedient, faithful, patient, um, a lover of poverty, uh, all these things. It shows a young boy like, well, that's what it means to be a man. Right. You know, those are the virtues that as a boy I need to strive for so I can become a man. But I think it also shows the girls, this is the kind of virtue that I need to find in a husband. Right. You she know? took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah, cool. Absolutely. You know, and... Um, I think so, the, the other thing is that, you know, I think, you know, boys are raised to be gentlemen, right? And I think mm-hmm. what this does is it puts more of a purpose to it affir- why. It affirms why you need to do why it. Why you should mm-hmm. be a gentleman. And, you know, and as a as a female, yes, we, we want the doors to be open for us. And we want those things, but there's so much more than just, you know, a male opening the door for you. There's, there's you know, father of your kids and, and just the other things that St. Joseph teaches us that mm-hmm. um, you kind of have to... It puts it in perspective. You understand, wait, this is why they're doing it. Let me kind of take a step back and let that happen. Mm-hmm. Let him um, do these things for me, for my children. Um, it's his place. It's his role. It's his calling. Nice. Um, and St. Joseph teaches um, us that that's what, um, what a father, what a husband, what a man um, should do. For yep. us. So let's talk about that for a second because I get fascinated by St. Joseph and the Blessed Mother and Jesus of like, so men are called to be the spiritual head of the family. Like, and in our day and age, sometimes that's fighting words. We're like, well, why can't a woman do it? Well, this is the proper order of the way that God set it up. And so when you look at the Holy Family, Joseph was the least qualified to lead them in the spiritual life. Right. <laughs> you know, you had the Son of God there, and you had the Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but they fully, they didn't just let him do it to pacify him somehow. They desired him to be the leader. And um, while they could have done it just fine on their own, that's not how God set it up. And 
and it actually um, allowed Joseph to be who he was created to be um, as the husband, as the protector, the defender, the guardian of, uh, of the two of them. And so I think it's really cool um, how in y'all's family, I see that from the outside looking in is, I mean, Andre, you, could, you can provide for yourself. You have a phenomenal job. You're a strong woman. Your intellect is fantastic. Um, you don't need Lee to open up the door for you, you know? but you desire him to and the and what that does to your kids like they see that of like no that's that's the proper order of the husband and the wife and um and so i just think that's a, a beautiful thing that you know when families get that right um it's not that you're weak as a woman no your strength is actually right there because you're you come underneath his mission right and that's the proper order the holy family was underneath the mission of Saint Joseph, they were submissive to Joseph, and there's no weakness in that. That's where it's. That's where they come. It, fully it strengthens alive. the family, right? You know? Well, as a husband, we have to be that warrior and knight for our, our, our wife and our children, mm-hmm. and we have to be that protective shield yep. uh, against the enemy, against Satan. Yep. Uh, to protect them. That's right. Yeah, that's really cool. That's great. What were some of the other uh, things that stood out to you guys in the book? Uh, you spoke about terror of demons. Uh, that's a big one. I think a lot of people um, a lot are people drawn can, to that. Right, they can they can relate you know? to that. Yeah, and he's the only saint in history to have that title. Right, terror of demons. Like that one just does something inside the masculine heart. Like yeah, like I want to be, <laughs> I want to be a, someone that Satan like, you know, is afraid of. Right. I, I love to. I think Father Call- uh, Calloway a few times. He's he he mentioned you know. In the book, St. Joseph was poor and he was humble, but he was courageous of heart. He wasn't a timid man, so he was not, he didn't back down from Satan. He had one mission, and that was to do the mission of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever he, whatever it required him to do, uh, he did it. And uh, he's a dragon slayer, but yet you don't see any art of uh, of St. Joseph holding any weapons. He didn't need any. Mm -hmm. Uh, His weapon is purity. Yeah, he holds a lily. Yeah, exactly. Real, That's exactly what I was going to say. What I love out of the book is the lily is like a sword. Yeah. The lily is a spear. Father Calloway, yeah, yes. a spear. And um, you don't see that part of the lily. You, it, and it's St. Joseph. He appears so meek and humble and quiet. But, you know, mm-hmm. with the part you don't see is the, the sword, the, the spear. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to me, that that's what you desire in, in a husband, in a male. You you want somebody who's not loud and out there. You want somebody that's humble. Yeah, um, you want them to live the Beatitudes. Exactly. Which is exactly. this weekend's gospel, right? Joseph portrayed every one of those. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the right. poor in spirit. You know, he portrayed all of that. Um, but yet he would slay dragons. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I love this quote from the book. It says, uh, St. Joseph is a quiet man, but he's not a timid man. One glance of his eyes sends all of hell into flight. One word from his mouth routs the forces of darkness as an axe levels the fields of a tree. Who can stand against you if the terror of demons protects you? Right. You know, which takes us back to that picture of St. Joseph mm-hmm. holding the teenage Jesus. Right. Like, no matter what forces are coming against us in our life, if we got the terror of demons protecting us, right, we don't have anything to fear. Right, like and, everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, and in that picture, that's the thing. Jesus, as a teenage boy, just looked at complete ease and mm-hmm. just uh, again protected, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Joseph's arms, and that's what he can do for us. Yep, that is correct. That's right. Father Mitch, a different perspective, I guess I have too, is uh, 
is a what is it? The model of workmen. Day twenty four yeah. model of workmen. Yeah. So um, so Lee um, cannot rest. Okay, he struggles <laughs> with relaxing. Okay. Right. He's always got to do something. Um, he's constant go, go, go. And um, I've noticed that, you know, he's definitely, I, th- I think this has gotten to him. And one of the things he's realized is he can't be, not that he's a workaholic, workaholic. He just is constantly busy. Yeah, at home, I never stop. Constantly busy. So mm-hmm. um, right after the fire, he discovered that he um, is a carpenter, that yeah. he enjoy. he has this passion for woodworking never did anything before and um he goes to tear down a a cypress uh old house and you know you you're in our house right now some of the doors i mean he made Mm -hmm. that with his own two hands self-taught right beautiful absolutely beautiful so model of workman really hit me that you know saint joseph is a carpenter and lee just finds this uh, talent right Mm -hmm. it's pretty neat um but reading model of workman it talks about you have to find, find a balance and i guess what I got got out of it is I I am kind of the opposite. I put in my, my week's worth, worth of work, and on the weekends, I, I just want to relax. Chill. I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> um, and it's, it's always been a struggle with us because, you know, why do you have to go pull weeds? Why don't we just go ride bikes? You know, it's constant. But what I've gotten from the book is I have to balance that. Like, it's okay for him to do some of this stuff because he's got to teach our kids. Right. Like he's teaching our sons how to the value of work the value of work right and that mm-hmm. it really hit me reading day 24 um how i need to learn from saint joseph and yeah not go one extreme but kind of find that balance in the middle and let him um let him teach our kids some of these talents and things mm-hmm. they need to do to uh to benefit in the in the workplace right and that was one of the things instilled in me by my dad was a work ethic mm-hmm. uh and but now, like she said, I I need to find that balance. Too much work is not a good thing. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's there's always, uh, you know, such good prudence um, with that. You know, I think that's really cool how um, how y'all have allowed the book to challenge you in your own life and rethink the way that you live, um, personal lives, but also as family life. <clears throat> um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what are some areas that, uh, I mean, obviously this, uh, the workman that you, you mm-hmm. showed to us right there, like, you're not just reading something, but it's true, and, and that truth is now affecting you, and you're conforming your life to it. What are some, a uh, couple other things? Of course, patience was one of the things. Um, yeah, um, you know, patience, you know, like you mentioned, is, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, it's a hard virtue to practice, but... Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, Joe St. Joseph will uh, keep us free from anxiety with that patience. Uh, if we were lacking patience, I think he just helps us uh, handle it, handle it better. Right. So, and and I think for me too, it, it I've realized after reading it, it it's it says um, I'm quoting a book right here. It says, "Be merciful to others, especially when you know their faults." Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we all have those family members or friends that they have faults that maybe get under our skin and. You know what this has helped me to do to yeah i'm not going to change them but i could just be more merciful towards them to not uh call them out on that mm-hmm. you know one one big thing too that, that the book uh it cleared up for me and I, I think it's probably a big question that many people have is you know we hear it around christmas time um that you know 
Joseph wished to divorce Mary quietly mm. uh, versus have her, have her stoned, which by Jewish law, he could have had her stoned and he would have been free of all guilt That's right. from the killing of the child, uh, right. the unborn child. Um, but in reading the book, it says that the word for that uh, from the original Greek text, it had multiple meanings, one of which was divorce. But one of the other meanings was he wished to separate himself from her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and seeing all these virtues from Joseph now and knowing how great of a man he is and how his model for us, I don't think there's any question that he wished to divorce Mary. Um, and Father Donald Calloway uh, says it in the book that he just wished to separate himself from Mary and the child. He never questioned Mary's faithfulness to That's him. Right. He knew that Mary was uh, with child for uh, a child with God. That mm-hmm. um, there, there's thoughts that he and Mary both consecrated themselves to God prior to themselves being betrothed. Sure. So he wanted to separate himself to not get in the way of their mission. He thought he That's was right. not worthy. He was that humble yeah. that he, he thought he wasn't worthy. And it wasn't until the angel of the Lord appeared to him to, to let him know of his title, Joseph, son of David, who I didn't realize this either. There's only two people in the Bible that is, are referred to as, as the son of David. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus and Joseph. Mm-hmm. So how important a, of that title it, right. it shows the importance the importance of Joseph. That's right, and he was he was um, kind of mirroring King David in the mm-hmm. Old Testament because he understood that Mary is the Ark of the New Covenant. She is carrying the Christ Himself. Whereas in the Old Testament, there was the Ark of the Covenant that held types of God, the manna, uh, the rod of Aaron, and the um, and the Ten Commandments. Those were types of God, and that Ark was so holy that if you touched it, you died. And what happened in the Old Testament was King David. The Ark was coming to to his place. And he felt like, no, I can't, I'm not worthy I'm not to receive worthy. it. And so he sent it to someone else's house for three months mm-hmm. in the hills of Judah. And then she comes. And so David was actually, um, Joseph is actually mirroring King David's humility of like, I am not worthy. She's the Ark of the New Covenant. She's not just holding a type of God. She's holding God. You know, and so as a son of David in that line, there's Joseph revealing no, we, we have to receive Mary and Jesus as the greatest gift, but in humility. And so Joseph's role wasn't a passive role. He was truly father, right? you know, and husband. It right. wasn't just this old man taking under his wing a little 14-year-old girl, you know. Um, no, he was truly loved her. And I think that's one of the things I took from the book was, you know, Father Donald says, you know, there was no man on the face of the earth who ever loved his wife more than Joseph. Yeah. And a wife who ever loved her husband more than the Blessed Mother. Like, they had true love for each other, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and and I, th- I think that's something we forget. We think, oh, it's he's just like a little, you know, old man protector. But no, he was truly spouse, you know? I think that is a really cool part. Right. I love how he says in the book, he says they were united in, in, in heart and soul, but they were never united in body. Right. So Mary's right. body belonged to God, but her heart belonged to Joseph, is what mm-hmm. Father Donald says in the book. Yep, that is super cool. You know, the other part um, that I thought was really neat is the home that they grew up in, the the house of Laredo. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I was transported by angels and uh, twice right. to protect it. And um, you know, I was visiting that house uh, two summers ago. I was able to go and and pray in the house of Laredo and. Man, I tell you, what an unbelievable experience. It's such a, a peaceful, the silence in there, and the peace in there. And I couldn't help but think while I was sitting in there, 
um, just sitting in the corner on the floor, just leaning up against those walls. Like, I wonder if Jesus ever sat here. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if Mary ever sat in the corner and, you know, because this was the house, this was the area where uh, the angel came to Mary and she can see by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's this part of the house. And uh, man, what mysteries took place in this home. So I was like, man, what, what would that be like, you know, if these walls could speak? What would they tell us? Because 30 of those years of Jesus and Mary uh, and Joseph were hidden. So if the walls could speak, what would they talk about? And I was like, man, in our families, if our walls could speak, what would they, what stories would they tell, you know, um, of the family life within the home? How, how was God manifested and revealed in your family, you know, and in my family? So I just thought that part of the book was also really cool. It was, uh, it just brought them down to earth. Like, no, they had, they had a, a real house, and uh, it was nothing fancy about it. It was, it was really simple. Right. There's you know? so much in the book and the supplemental readings that we've never heard. Yeah. Uh, the staircase the, in New Mexico. The staircase in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just there last year. In, oh, in, wow. um, and I, I mean, I wish I would have known about it. I could have gone and visit. Yeah. You know? Right. Never yeah. I presented some of this book to a group uh, of our local acts men and uh i brought that uh, i told that story in there and uh one of my buddies in there he said he had been there and he recalled how beautiful mm-hmm. the staircase was and i mean yeah, it's it's, it's an engineering marvel yep. uh and it's it's not put together with there's no nails in it it's yeah. it's just complete craftsmanship that uh saint joseph constructed by himself mm-hmm. yep yeah i was there a few years back as well and um had a, a really cool honor the 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 guard of the place like he he let me actually walk up the stairs oh, wow. yeah it was super cool wow. um but yeah it's magnificent you sit there and you stare at it you're like how, how did this work how did he do this so um you know um you know as we, we kind of take it down and come to a close with our podcast but um what is it that y'all are looking forward to so you're about to consecrate yourselves um as a family uh you'll come to mass at saint thomas um this weekend what is it that you're looking forward to? How is this going to change uh, some of the ways that you've lived? How's it impacted your family so far? I mean, yeah, y'all pray the litany with your kids now. That's incredible. Um, but how does this consecration, uh, you know, impact your life? Like, why are you doing it? What's what are you hoping? What's the grace that you're wanting to receive through this? Well, I think for me, it's 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 coming. It's calling to mind who Saint Joseph is, and how we can look to him. Uh, to be a better person. So it, it's it's going to keep me in check for when I get out of line for the things that I need to work on in my life. I know that I can look to him. I've already made a connection with him. I've also already consecrated myself to him. Um, but he's that model for me. Uh, you know, I have a, some pictures of him in here and I have a few paintings of him. So there's always that reminder of, uh, of that he's there watching over me. But um, Andre, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, his, his name means increaser. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, for me, um, it's it's just another avenue. I feel like I can relate to Saint Joseph, and it, we're all called to be apparitions of Saint Joseph to radiate his virtues, and so to become another Joseph um, right. constantly. And like like Link said, we do have paintings in here and and pictures. And when you see that, it just it kind of just it's a breath of fresh air. Like okay, mm-hmm. take a deep breath and and ask Saint Joseph for help and yeah. and just be another another Joseph. Yeah, that's you know, awesome. One thing that I like that I read uh, in the book as well. It said. 
St. Joseph can't pre- prevent suffering that's going to happen in our lives, but he can help prepare us for it. There you go. And again, the ordeal I went through, uh, knowing what I got out of it, uh, the things I've learned, forgiveness, uh, I found St. Joseph. So uh, I'm now a better person since that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know I'm, there's going to be more suffering. You know, we kind of told our story. We, we've been through a few yeah. few ordeals here, but... Uh, yeah. St. Joseph, he's going to help prepare us for that, for that suffering that we're going to endure That's throughout right. the rest of our lives. You know, it's funny you say that because I was, just before um, we started the podcast, I was on the phone with a buddy of mine in my car while y'all were carving pumpkins with the kids. Um, and you were running late. Yeah, I was running late. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's what he said. He said, I don't understand why um, St. Joseph had to suffer. You would think that Jesus would not want his dad to suffer, but yet he did. And, um, and my response, and this is totally speculative, and it fits right into what you're talking about, is it was Joseph's role to teach Jesus how to suffer, right? Because he knew what was to come for Jesus. That's what the book says. He, he knew it, and, and it caused him great suffering in his heart. And so a, a kid watches their mom and dad, and they learn most of the time more from your actions, more than, than the words that you speak. And so Joseph had to teach Jesus how to suffer. Mm-hmm. And Joseph needed to teach us how to suffer. Joseph didn't suffer without Jesus and Mary. Joseph didn't die outside of their arms. He died with them, and so he's the patron of happy death. Like Joseph teaches us because our, of our humanity and our brokenness, our frailty, um, and suffering is just a part of life. You guys didn't ask for the suffering that y'all went through. You didn't ask for Katrina. You didn't ask for a house fire. You didn't ask for twins that are preemies and the interior suffering that happened and the separation from your newborn babies and man every the dynamic that went in between all that um but joseph prepares us and teaches us you know like that is really cool you know one final thing i think is real neat is um how the book speaks about uh joseph set up two adoration chapels one in bethlehem and one in egypt and then the third one in nazareth where he was able to adore jesus brought Jesus right into enemy territory in Egypt, into pagan territory. Um, and then they had the longest Eucharistic procession right. with Jesus from Egypt back to Nazareth, 120 miles. Like as a priest, that fired me up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that was a really beautiful part for me uh, to realize like if I'm going to be another Joseph, if I'm going to reveal Joseph to the world, well, what did Joseph do? He revealed, he revealed and protected Mary and Jesus. So as a priest, my primary role is to reveal Jesus uh, to the world and to set up adoration chapels of, of which we've yeah. done here in Thibodeau um, and to bring people to Jesus. You know, that's, that's his lesson that he teaches me as a priest. So Right. One other thing I wanted to kind of mention too, Father Mitch, was uh, one of the titles in here, uh, uh, Foster Father of the Son of God, may ca- sometimes comes off as... Uh, you know, when you hear of a foster father, it seems distant. And again, there's no question that Joseph was the father of Jesus, but he also is in that foster father mode. Now, I think for us as men, even even us men that do have children, I think that we can play the role of a foster father to others. It may be nieces, it may be nephews, it may be other children that they may have a father in their life. Uh, they may not. They may have a great father in their life. But I think as men, we're all called... Uh, to be that model for these other kids that uh, we come across. And, and some of that, you know, as men, obviously, a lot of us coach our kids in sports. Um, you know, for me, uh, I coach my kids, and it's not about wins and losses. Um, 
And, and I think when these kids get older, they're not going to remember certain things that happened if they won a game or they lost a game. But I think they're going to remember those lessons that uh, those coaches taught them. And I know for me, that's what it is. Uh, now that you know I'm uh, in my forties, I, I still remember playing sports, and I don't I don't remember the wins and losses per se, but I remember uh, those lessons my coaches uh, taught me. Um, and I think we have that role as well, and that's where that foster father role comes yep. in, uh, whether it's sports uh, or it's not. Again, it may be as, a, as an uncle mm -hmm. uh, to some of our nieces and nephews as well. So That's true. Yeah, that's a great way to connect to Joseph. That's awesome. Well, guys, it's been really cool um, talking to you all and, and walking this journey with you and seeing how uh, St. Joseph um, is such a big part of your family. Like This is really cool, and how you're teaching your kids to also love them. I think Jesus and Mary would uh, be very happy. Uh, with that, you know, Mary showed Jesus how much she loved Joseph and that reflected in Jesus's life and the way that he loved Joseph um, So thank y'all uh, for coming on the show um, Thank you for the witness that y'all are to so many people in our community uh, and, and our parish St. Thomas um, It's really really cool that y'all are reflecting and you're being a mirror uh, and, a, and an apparition of St. Joseph uh, right here in, in Thibodeau. So, and, and you do you. it in yeah. your ordinary way. Yeah. You know? And thank you, Father, for doing this for the parish as well. Oh, and like yeah. you said, people all over the country. I mean, this is wonderful. And the daily uh, reflections that you and, and Father Dan did have been really great. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's been fun. Well, it's been cool using your wood shop. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. was, <laughs> that was really neat. Yeah, so. well, I hope it's a little blessed in there now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah but Andre, yeah, Andre uh, took the words out of my mouth. We thank you all for doing this for the parish. Uh, it's been great doing this book again. I, I learned more even the second or yeah, third time now that I've read it. Uh, I'm looking forward to maybe doing this once a year. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, but um, so yeah, thank you. And we, we I, you know, I'm sure Andre feels the same. We thank you for being a friend too and yeah, being, sure. being a part of our life because you've definitely uh, been a blessing for us uh, in our life and to help our family out. Well, thank you, brother. It's been a joy, that's for sure. So let's close with um, the end of the litany, the little prayer that begins, let us pray. In the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who in your loving providence chose St. Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of loving him for our intercession in, as our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.